Welcome to Jerusalem Studio Podcast. Join us to discuss the latest updates from Israel and the region. Shalom and welcome to Jerusalem Studio. I am Mary Eisen, sitting in for Jonathan Hessen. After five days of exchanging blows, Israel and the minor but well-equipped Gaza-based organization, Palestinian Islamic Jihad, stopped this particular round, another in a seemingly endless series. As expected, both sides issued self-serving claims of victory. Obviously, Propaganda and politics aside, they each have different standards by which to measure their respective balances, as as does the major force in Gaza, Hamas. But what are the more objective lessons learned from this confrontation in both the military and diplomatic realms? Here to help us dive in a bit deeper into these, from central Israel, is Brigadier General and Reserves Doron Gavish, former Israel Air Force um, Defense Chief. Shalom, Doron. Shalom, shalom. And from Israel, and actually near the Gaza Strip, Colonel and Reserves Dr. Anan Wahabi, a senior fellow at ICT Reichman University and a lecturer at Haifa University. Shalom, Anan. Shalom. Lovely to have you here. And we're going to start this off with Amir. Amir, where do we want to start off with after this, yet again, another round? So uh, let's uh, chart Uh, the uh, various domains um, in which we will try to analyze the lessons of the conflict. First off, the professional military intelligence performance of uh, both sides. Obviously, sitting here in Israel, um, we have access to uh, both data and the lessons learned according to the Israeli military. And as you said, propaganda and politics aside, there is, of course, the political echelon, which tries to get credit for it, which goes to show you that it was a success. Had the military failed, the uh, politicians uh, uh, wouldn't have gotten near um, this uh, operation. Then you have uh, the way uh, Palestinian uh, Islamic Jihad sees it or portrays it, doesn't have to be uh, exactly uh, the same um, uh, lesson, and um, how Hamas and Hezbollah and others see it, but also can we uh, project from, extrapolate from whatever we we decide is the approximate result of this operation to what may happen next in a larger confrontation, let's say, with Iran or even with Hezbollah, both regarding the offensive capability of the Israeli Defense Force and the resilience of the Israeli population as they come under attack. But Doron Gavish's Iron Dome, Doron and his colleagues, um, uh, protects them to a 95% uh, rate of success. So, Amir, you started us off with such a variety of subjects. I'm going to take the first one to you, Doron, because at the end of the day, I think that all of us felt that in these five days, it was both the Iron Dome and in its 
um, what can we say, world premiere, David Sling, that it was also announced that it participated in defending Israel. And I'm looking right now on that military front. We look at the lessons learned, and I'm always wary of us being a little too happy. So when you look at it as the former air defense chief and you go, this is what we did well, this is what we need to do better. Can you take us through that a bit as you look at these last five days? Yeah, I, I think that you are raising a, a, a very good point. And uh, in general, I think that we should be uh, very careful with the lesson learned from uh, this, uh, I would say, uh, as, as you said it, I think you put it uh, in, in the right words. It's a minor well-equipped minor organization. So uh, we have to be uh, very careful with the, with our lesson learned from this to the to what is being expected in, a, I would say, a larger campaign or larger fight that we would have uh, with the countries around us. So having said that, um, the, and from, uh, from the military point of view, I think that we should talk about uh, two main, uh, I would say, uh, issues. The first one is really, and Amir mentioned it before, the intelligence, uh, the ability uh, of uh, the Israeli intelligence and what happened in the first uh, um, um, hours of, uh, of, this, uh, of this campaign. And uh, also during the, the campaign itself, so uh, I think we show really kind of a superiority of uh, intelligence and uh, they saw it and I think everyone around them saw it and this is uh, something which is, uh, of course, uh, very important. This is a lesson learned not only to us, it is also a lesson learned to the other side. On the defense side, uh, I think that uh, the, uh, the, the Iron Dome did his job as they usually and uh, it was really around 95% uh, of uh, interception. But then, but here again, I'm going to your point. This is a campaign against a minor organization. It would be probably, it would look probably different uh, if it would be a large campaign against, uh, let's say, uh, the Hezbollah in Iran and, uh, and Syria and uh, um, and if it come also uh, from the south uh, at, at the same time, so I, I think uh, then it would be completely different. We would probably see different, uh, um, I would say, level of uh, success uh, from the operational point of view, and we have to expect it. Uh, the other thing uh, which is well, uh, which is important to mention, it's really the David Sling. Uh, the entrance of the David Sling for the first time. It's not only a system that uh, is part of uh, this fight. What we really saw here, and again, it's not only us, is that uh, we are talking for quite a while about the defense of Israel being done by a multi-layered, what we call a multi-layered defense, which the Iron Dome is part of it, the David Sling, the Arrow, Arrow 3, uh, Arrow 2, Arrow 3, and, and so on. So here, actually, for the first time, uh, we can see that uh, the defense of Israel was actually working in, in two of those uh, layers. Two of them were operationally working. And uh, I think this is also something uh, very important uh, because it shows capability for the, um, uh, for, the, for the future. So I think that in general, we could say that at least uh, in the, from the military point of view, I think that all of it uh, also helped uh, to the deterrence uh, of Israel, strength the deterrence of Israel. But going back to your first point, uh, we should be very careful uh, because uh, it would completely look different 
if it would be a large campaign uh, with the countries around us. Absolutely. Dawn, you brought up so many different points. And then I'm going to ask you on several different levels. I want us to go to the other side. And in this place, I want to go first to the Palestinian Islamic Jihad, but it's Palestinian Islamic Jihad in the Gaza Strip. And when we say the Gaza Strip, most people are thinking of Hamas, not Palestinian Islamic Jihad. So as Amir also said before, we both, this aspect of propaganda and words, I've been fascinated by the statements that have put out in the fact of their victory. What does it look from the other side? Do they realize in that sense that sense of success that Israel feels in this specific round? Do they feel beaten the way that we feel that we beat them and it's all rhetoric? Or do they feel that they stood strong and they did resistance and everything's okay? And as I said, in that sense, it's both how they perceive us and how they actually are talking to themselves in Arabic to their base. Yeah, it's a very good question, really, uh, and thank you for that. Because they, uh, in my uh, imagination, uh, we should, uh, after the um, understanding of the operational level and the uh, uh, our uh, superiority in the field, uh, as well as uh, our intelligence that can monitor uh, their movements and their leaders, etc. I think that those uh, lessons will be uh, taken as well by Hezbollah and everybody that is watching. Uh, uh, what have what have uh, just happened in Gaza, uh, and taking the lessons. But um, really, the, the the spirit of those uh, organization of the leadership, uh, and uh, whether if they still have a stomach for uh, uh, for war uh, uh, and fighting against Israel or not, uh, this is much more important. What we could see that uh, first of all, the jihad, uh, the Islamic jihad. Um, is related to uh, to Iran. Uh, Ziad Nakhale is part of the Iranian um, um, uh, movements that uh, are um, directed uh, by Iran, um, financed by them, trained by them, and they are pushing arms to uh, a lot of uh, terrains, including Gaza, uh, as part of their uh, military strategy in the Middle East. Um, Gaza. In general, they, they, I would say that the silent majority of the people uh, that feel that they are um, in a siege under the occupation of Hamas, they want to get rid of that, really. They want to be, again, part of the normal life, including working in Israel. You could see, you could see that in, in Gaza and the behavior of the citizens in Gaza um, um, lately in the last round. Um, and what's important also to uh, to focus on is the uh, a uh, behavior of Hamas movement. Also, Hamas movement, uh, although they have been uh, declaring that if the fight will continue one further day, we we, we should uh, join the fight in order to stop uh, to stop this uh, aggression against Gaza Strip, etc. It's part of the narrative of the Mukawama. It's part of the uh, declared narrative always. But um, uh, really, if you uh, could see behind those words that uh, uh, Hamas wanted also to get rid uh, uh, of uh, uh, the, the jihad and the, the jihadi uh, activities and declaration, because Hamas consider themselves uh, as rulers. Uh, they are the governors of this uh, strip right now. They will be, be uh, in the front to give solutions for the civilians uh, all over. <coughs> 
uh, one further day of fight uh, could uh, stop the electricity, for example, in Gaza Strip. And uh, there are a lot of uh, dimensions in the civilian life that Hamas is responsible for that, and they, they couldn't uh, stand anymore that uh, the jihad is directed directly by Iran and not taking uh, into consideration the Hamasi uh, leadership in Gaza. Uh, that's why Hamas did not join uh, the fight. All those lessons uh, will be very important for us in order to draw uh, the near future uh, with Gaza, uh, because Hamas is pragmatic. Hamas is a bottom-up movement coming from the population. They are part of the uh, Islamic Brotherhood. They have their um, ideology, their way of activity in the, uh, inside the community. But the jihad is a little uh, organization a military one is considered a, a, an Iranian one, uh, apart from the um, daily life of the community, and they are top-down, uh, much more than bottom-up movement. Uh, the general public in Gaza Strip are somehow um, looking forward now to uh, to uh, to see maybe a new uh, hope in the horizon uh, after uh, stopping this aggression. <laughs> that they did not like coming from Gaza Strip as rockets to the towns because they, they, uh, this thing is uh, just uh, closing uh, the horizon of hope of uh, going to Israel, of uh, opening the, um, uh, the, uh, you know, the relations also in many civilian uh, interaction uh, with the towns closer to Gaza in the Israeli side, uh, and this we can translate it later on into much more wiser uh, policy uh, with Gaza. So as Anand brought up now, he just said a few things that to, perhaps to some of our viewers are kind of shocking. He said the words together, Hamas is more pragmatic. So let's talk for a moment in that sense, both about the Israeli policy and the lessons learned as we look forward. There's no question whatsoever that in this second time round, it's been the Palestinian Islamic Jihad separate from Hamas and the Gaza Strip against Israel, and Israel being very focused on Palestinian Islamic Jihad with this spot-on intel, spot-on attacks, really trying to focus it, not spread it, not to Hamas and not to the civilians within the Gaza Strip um, as it is. So what does that mean? Are we changing our policy here in Israel when it comes to the Gaza Strip? Are we trying to really separate, make Hamas the more responsible authority that we actually work with, because this has a lot of implications in and around our area. Well, sadly, uh, we are not changing, or the leadership here is not changing uh, uh, policy vis-a-vis -vis Gaza, as uh, it was supposed to do um, 11 years ago, um, after one of uh, the, the many rounds, there were understandings reached with Hamas, they had to do with um, uh, a better lot for the population, many other uh, items which, which uh, then were overtaken by events, and perhaps, uh, and it will be uh, possible to do it now, when it is Israel vis-a-vis -vis Hamas, 
including a prisoner exchange. But put that aside. I'm just going to interject in that sense for all the people to know that it's only since 2022 that Israel for the first time really allowed large-scale numbers of local Gazans to come into Israel to work and that that was not stopped, not by the events of Palestinian Islamic Jihad in August of 2022 and not even by the events of the last couple of weeks. So Hamas, of course, um, and Anan can speak about it much more authoritatively, um, Hamas is torn between its uh, responsibility and accountability as uh, the uh, ruler of Gaza and uh, its um, fanatic, fundamental uh, ideology. Usually, as uh, we all uh, noted, pragmatism uh, wins. But uh, this particular crisis did not start with these five days. It started a week earlier when Palestinian Islamic Jihad, out of the blue, because of something which happened uh, earlier, uh, attacked Israel. Now, Hamas isn't going to let the um, Jihad dictate uh, what it uh, should do. It is not going uh, to uh, obediently follow uh, just because uh, jihad uh, decided to, to launch uh, rockets uh, at Israel. However, what we see on television and what happens in people's minds is not necessarily the same. We see the rockets flying. We see the bombs uh, entering uh, certain rooms in certain apartments on certain floors. What we don't see is, on the positive side, talking from the Israeli point of view, the um, uh, very, very professional work of the operations chiefs, the brigadier generals, of the general staff, the Air Force, and the intelligence corps. They have managed, perhaps they are the best in the world in that, to make use of the assets that are available to Israel. However, there is a difference between flying 15 kilometers or 150 kilometers from an airbase to flying 1,500 kilometers to uh, Iran and back. The other thing which has to do with the mind is deterrence, which was mentioned here. We don't know whether um, the uh, people in Gaza uh, will be deterred, but they do um, uh, take note of the fact that Riyadh, uh, that Ziad Nahale, uh, who was mentioned here, um, was under the uh, uh, auspices of Hassan Nasrallah in Lebanon, that Israel struck at the um, command level of the jihad, the colonel or lieutenant colonel level, but did not dare attack Nahale in Lebanon because of the mutual deterrence between Israel and Hezbollah. So while we speak about the ability of Israel to hit five or six field grade officers, the real leader um, is still uh, immune as long as he is in Lebanon. If he leaves and goes somewhere else, uh, that could be another matter. We could have a whole different discussion on the effectiveness 
of hitting the leaders themselves. It's a great subject, but I'm going to take what you added into the room, Hamas, Hezbollah. So Doron, here I am sitting in Jerusalem, and I'm thinking to myself, this was, as we said, a minor small organization. It was 1,500 rockets. When we're talking about Hamas, we're upping the stakes. When we talk about Hezbollah, we are tenfold upping the stakes. Give me a little bit of a feel for our audience on the lessons that we need to learn because of the effectiveness that we felt as Israelis. With the use of Iron Dome, it made us feel safe. It made us feel secure. And the differences that could be if Hamas was involved, let alone if Hezbollah start to fire rockets from Lebanon. Yeah, this is a really very important uh, subject because... um, I don't know if we could call it lesson learned, but uh, uh, let's set up the expectations uh, in a way. Uh, it's going to be a completely different uh, story uh, because of the amount of uh, rockets and missiles that we being uh, shot uh, toward Israel, because of the different areas uh, they would uh, come in uh, from, and uh, and it would be much uh, complex uh, fight. So. Probably the interception rate that uh, we are seeing now, uh, we, it would be different uh, if we would be in a, in, in a position of fighting against uh, all of those organizations that you just uh, mentioned. And this is something really uh, that we continuously have to uh, set the expectations for. It won't be 95% for sure. It would be lower than this still. Uh, of course, there would be, um, as I said, uh, more than one layer that probably layer of defense that probably would be part of uh, this uh, defense design, but it it would look uh, different. <clears throat> we should expect uh, that the cities in Israel would be hit, and uh, this is something that um, um, going back to what we always tell to the to the population is that the. Defense of uh, Israel is not only the Iron Dome or fighting against the rockets and missiles. It is not only the Iron Dome, it is also the passive defense, which is which is this is what is expected from uh, the population itself. We saw it in uh, some extent uh, happening here, but in the future, uh, this is something that uh, we should be uh, the, the, the citizens in Israel we have to do it uh, very, uh, I would say, uh, officially. They would have to go to the shelters. Uh, they would have to uh, listen to the home front command because it's going to uh, to look different. So the defense of Israel is a combination between the active defense and uh, the passive defense uh, and uh, what is being said by the home front command. So if we are setting the expectation, it would look different. We would probably see more uh, missiles uh, falling into uh, the cities of Israel, and uh, uh, we still have uh, this uh, uh, multi-layer defense. Uh, the other thing which I think it's important to mention is that uh, we saw in this um, last uh, escalation, we saw the military strategy, and uh, rightly so, Amir was talking about the experience of the Israeli uh, military. Again, we, we have to be humble. But I think it's also uh, important to explain what is the full strategy. The full strategy have a few pillars. One of them is the attack pillar. One of them is the alert and intelligence uh, pillar. Then the defense, the offensive, the the active defense and the passive defense. And what we saw here as a lesson learned, this is probably what we would see also in a larger campaign. 
those components would be working. The attack would do its job, the alert uh, to the population, which is also something very significant, and the intelligence, and then passive defense and active defense. We would see the same components also in a, in a larger campaign. That's so important, Doron, and Anan, I'm going to take that directly to you. Expand a bit, but briefly, about that intel component. Do you think that Israel in our next campaign is capable of doing what was quite amazing intel targeting against something like Hamas, against something like Hezbollah? Yeah, what we could see here that Israel, and we could also hear this discourse on the Palestinian side, that Israel is shifting and changing uh, the rules of engagement uh, in a way that uh, uh, Israel uh, is putting uh, putting again the targeted killing, okay, this is a very bad name for this kind of action, but it's the name uh, of, of leaders. Uh, of, no, neutralizing. Of, neutralizing terror, uh, yeah, neutralizing terror. Preventive, uh, uh, preventive anti-terror measures. Okay. So in a way, they could see that they, again, they can be a target. And Israel is avoiding a, a, a collective punishment of the civilians. The civilians in Gaza know and knew this time also that Israel consider very much highly their lives. Uh, that's why they've been uh, the army, uh, the IDF, um, used always to, to warn the civilians, is paying very much attention also in the operations for the collateral damage uh, for the society. So uh, in this way, uh, the society also uh, that admire the capabilities of the IDF uh, also says, hey, uh, we are not there. It's a, it's a war between uh, this uh, specific kind of terror uh, movement that are not rep- representing the, uh, the, the vast majority uh, in, in Gaza in this case. Uh, and I think um, this lesson is heard as well in Hezbollah, and they also could see this time how accurate uh, Israel uh, can uh, be working and acting against uh, those targets. Uh, in a way, this um, kind of action uh, will avoid, uh, for example, uh, boots on the ground that Israel, the Israeli society, uh, think that in Gaza there is no need for that, and also the civilians in Gaza know that uh, there is no need for that. There, some have been as part of the achievements of terror organizations. They always use the last uh, uh, target, uh, the last uh, rocket shot to Israel as an achievement. They are using also the civilians and the Israeli side and the resilience, the evacuation of the uh, civil uh, uh, population. Uh, around the Gaza Strip in Israel uh, as part of their uh, gains in this round. But everybody knows that between this and between reality, there is a big distance. Uh, So yes, Israel uh, is uh, uh, putting right now again uh, those uh, accurate tools uh, on the table again, and this will be uh, much more um, uh, part of the tools of the future a crisis uh, militarily, also in the north and in the south, when needed. Absolutely. Uh, there is a medieval dimension to such a campaign because of the lack of boots on the ground on both sides, because of the Israeli obstacle um, which interferes with the tunnels. So it's like in medieval times when you held cannonballs, uh, you had a moat around the, the fort. Here, too, the artillery, both the aerial artillery and the missile artillery, won the day. 
There's no question whatsoever that we can look forward to the next one. Sadly, this is all of the time that we have. I want to thank Doron Gavish, Anan Wahabi, our own Amir Oren. Please join us again next time in Jerusalem Studio. Thank you for joining us in another Jerusalem Studio podcast. For more content on Israel and its region, we invite you to visit our website at tv7israelnews.com and follow us on social media.